Uh, I want you to go to Hebrews 12 tonight. Hebrews the 12th chapter, please. And uh, I would like to, with God's help, wrap up the series that we've been in for quite some time on, well, we've called it Keys to Divine Healing or Keys to Divine Health, whichever one you would say. And uh, either one's precious. The reason we talk about these things is because we have a healer. And the reason we talk about these keys and these principles is because these things work. Amen. Amen. The keys will work, but you have to work the keys. Amen. Uh, The word works, but you have to work it. And I have to work it. Amen. What I mean by that is we have to put it to work in our life. The, The things of God are as easy as following instructions. Amen. If you can follow directions, follow instructions, you can have all of the great things that God's provided. And God has... God has indeed provided us a wonderful redemption. There's a verse over in the Psalms that says he's provided a full redemption. Full redemption. That means no parts left out. (laughs) No part is left out of our redemption. So in Hebrews, the, the 12th chapter, pray with me before we read it, okay? Father, thank you for these truths regarding healing. Thank you that Jesus is the healer. Amen. Amen. He is the healer and he heals. And Father, I thank you for enlightening the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our understanding that we might know with more clarity than we've known before. That we might see clear and that we might become proficient in putting these things to work in our lives. And we thank you for results in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been reading in the 12th verse. This has been our text throughout this series that we're, that we're wrapping up here this evening. And it says, says this, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. That ver- th- those verses for many years were a little bit blind to me, meaning I didn't understand them. Uh, as well as I do, I'm not saying I understand them completely yet, but I think I understand them better than I did before we started with them. And, you know, I, I didn't understand what was all this, str- strengthen your weak knees, lift up your drooping hands, what's it talking about? Well, what I began to see in here was that it was emphasizing our side. I said it was emphasizing our side. And uh, we know this, there's never any failure on God's side. If there's any failure... Whose side is it going to be on? Ours. And so that's not to, uh, it's not for us to live in any kind of condemnation. And you know, the enemy will tell you, well, you could never do the word good enough to get results. Have you ever had the devil tell you that? Yes. He'll tell you that all the time. he said, well, you could never do the, do the word. God didn't make it hard. Over in 1 John, it says his commandments are not grievous. Isn't it wonderful? You know, how, how much better did you, did you perform on a test in school when the teacher to- tells you ahead of time, guys, this isn't going to be hard. When they go to pass out the test and they said, oh man, I hope, I hope some of you at least pass this. This is going to be a bugger. Well, you know, that gets you nervous. That gets you stressed. puts you in a bad place. Well, God tells you it's not hard. It's not hard. Amen. If he made it hard, he would, that, that would disqualify individuals from receiving because not everybody on earth has the same kind of ability, right? Not everyone has the same mental capacity. Not everyone has the same physical capacities. Amen. But uh, glory to God, you don't have to jump hurdles. You just have to follow instructions. Now, what we do find out is many, many people never learned how to do that. Come on now. You learned it in, in grade school. You learned to line up and follow the leader. Go where the leader goes. And they start talking, you know, at kindergarten. Keep your hands to yourself in kindergarten. But how many adults can't keep their hands to themselves? You know what I'm saying? They tell you, don't talk when I'm talking. Adults can't do that. My Lord, you go to, I've been to churches of thousands of people. And the entire time, because see, they're, 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 75 feet away from the pulpit so they feel free to sit there and chit chat the entire service i've been oh my lord don't let me get into it i've been in services where ministers 
were attending the service. And they were sitting there showing pictures of their vacation to the people sitting next to them. During the service. Well, which, See, my question is, because I'm trying to learn here. I'm trying to be a student. Which part of the service is it okay to do that in? Because if it's okay in any part, we ought to cut that out and make that beforehand or make that afterwards. But the, any service ought to be about the anointing. It ought to be about the glory. And the announcements ought to have some anointing on them. I mean, even if it's business, we'll take care of business, do it right, and everybody shut up and listen. And we won't waste your time, and don't you dare waste God's time. You know what I mean? By sit there and... <laughs> you know how many times we've been, we've been ministering or we've been preaching, and there's people, maybe they're visiting with some others, and you can see them, they got their Bibles open, but not because they're receiving from what you're saying. They're trying to prove you wrong to the person next to them. And we've seen, we've seen them do it. I mean, I've actually seen them shaking their head and saying, no, they're not right. This is why. Well, I know those verses too, actually. <laughs> it's not that we only know the one we're preaching. So there's a God side. And I know we might have said this every single time we've ministered this, but it, it, it needs to be repeated that many times. There's a God side and a man side to every flow of his goodness into our lives. Anything that he gives us must be received. And, and if you understand how salvation works, which a lot of people don't understand that, but if you understand how that works, you'll understand how anything works that you would receive from God. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are saved by grace through faith. That's how the whole, that's how receiving from God works. It's all by grace. What's that mean? It means that he has to give it. It has to be available. Grace is his part. There's a huge movement that's been going on for the last several years. I'm ready. For, I, I, I keep wondering if it, every time I think it died because I don't listen to it. You know, I don't listen to some of those things. Uh, but every time I go somewhere, Pastor, do, do, you, do you have to deal with the grace stuff? With the grace there? Because there's a big grace movement. And there's error in it, the extreme, and the whole gist of the grace movement, in case you were wondering, is, is this. They're overemphasizing grace, which means they're overemphasizing God's part and, and making it seem like we don't have a part. And if we don't have a part, therefore it doesn't matter what we do or what we don't do. That's the whole error. And, and the reason it's a, it's a dangerous error is because it's based on 95% truth. It's only a little bit of error, but that, be, but it, it, so many people swallow it because 95% of it's right. I mean, if you're using the word and the folks that, that teach it, they're using the word, most of them. And because you're using the word and the word's true. Well, we'll see, people are going with it, but then they're, they're taking things, they're, they're ignoring other parts of the word. That's the way to say it. You remember Jesus, when he was tempted, he said, it's written. It's written. But then the devil came and said, it's written. And Jesus said, it's also written. You don't just have to know what's written. You have to know what's also written. Meaning you don't just have to know one side. You have to know the other side. You know, uh, we had, there's a mountain down towards Colorado Springs called Pikes Peak. Is that the name of the mountain? Yeah. Or is, I didn't know if that's just the name of the top. So, that, so Pikes, uh, Pikes Mountain or Pikes Peak, whatever it is. You know what looks different from this side than it does if you go Route 24 out to the other side? But it's still the same mountain. There's just more than one side to it. We've been on the top of it. There's a different view facing east than there is facing west. Similar, but yet different. And with any of God's truths, it's like a mountain. If you look at it from this side, well, you have to get this part of it. If you, but, but don't neglect the fact that there's the other side. And so grace is simply God's side. And the, the reason you might not hear us preach so much about that, you have to preach about what God's made available. You have to preach about what he's done. But right on the other hand, there's never going to be any deficiency on the, on the giving side. Amen. He's given it. it it's done. Amen. It's the finished work. And we're so thankful for it. But then it's not just grace. There's also faith, which is our side. That's why you hear a little bit more 
from us about the faith side because it's our part. And if there's any failure, it's on our side. Amen. It's never what God's doing wrong. Amen. And it's not what you're doing right that's causing you not to receive. It would be, it would be us failing to do our part. Amen. It's not hard, yet it must be preached and it must be kept in front of you. Elsewise, you get away from it. Amen. The world, listen to me, the world system that you and I have to rub up against every day for several hours a day. The world is 100% oriented against faith. The world is not in the, in the flow of believing according to what God's spoken. Rather than what you, you know what I mean? The world completely walks by sight. Everything in the world is, is according to what's sensed naturally. Amen. And so the Christian who has the responsibility of receiving his grace by faith, well, that Christian must be constantly aware of their responsibilities. So that's really what these verses emphasize. Our part. Amen. Amen. And, and it also said here which in the 13th verse, which we'll bring out one more time, that things where your physical body are concerned, they can go one of two directions. They can get better or they can get worse. Things can be turned out of the way, put out of joint, as it said, uh, which, would, which would represent being worse, or it can be healed. What would you like? How many would like healed better than out of joint? Amen. Well, if you want it to be healed instead of going out of joint, in other words, going towards death, then you've got to lift up some things. You've got to strengthen some things. Right? Yeah, amen. And so we're strengthening your faith and we're lifting you, we're lifting you up along these areas. And uh, so we began to tell you some keys, tell you what your part is. And if you would allow me to review a little bit, because we're going to kind of just review the whole series and wrap it up a little bit. We started out telling you that the first key that you need to receive healing and to walk in divine health is the word of God. Amen. Amen. The word of God, how many know that the number one way that healing would flow to you is through the knowledge of the word of God. Amen. Amen. It's when the word makes contact with your spirit and gets down on the inside of you that it releases its healing properties. Amen. So the first key we looked at was the word of God. What was the second one? I'll tell you, you're not quick enough. I'll tell you. The second key was the faith of God. The faith of God. Well, we just made reference to that. Listen, we've made this statement that healing takes faith, right? But faith takes healing. Faith is, uh, is the conviction that on the inside of you is so convinced of what God has already said in his word that it's the conviction that will reach out and take to yourself what God has already provided by his grace. Amen. So what you have to know in order to walk in faith for healing, did God provide it? Well, you'd have to go back to the first key to find that out, the Word of God. Yeah. And so the Word of God tells you what's been provided, and your faith, the faith of God, is what reaches out and takes it. So that was the second key that we looked at. The third key was the love of God. One of the biggest deceptions that would exist among Christians where uh, Christians that believe in healing that is one of the biggest deceptions would be that you can treat people wrong and have things be right in your body you, you might be able to do that for the short term amen but you can't you can't sow bad seed and reap good things reap good harvests amen and the really the bible teaches that the whole word of God can be wrapped up in the law of love. Love, work, love does no ill or harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Well, in the law in the Old Testament, there were promises regarding healing. The, 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 the Lord said, if you'll, list, if you'll do my commandments, if you'll keep my statutes, keep these laws... None of the diseases in the world will come upon you. They'll just come on, the one, on people that hate you instead. For I'm the Lord, your healer. Well, if you take that requirement to do all the word, to, to, to keep all the commandments, to keep all the law, and you take that and you look in the New Testament where it says, 
love is the fulfilling of the law. Well, we could read that verse back in the Old Testament this way. If you'll walk in love, none of these diseases. Right? Maybe you're not convinced. Did, did the Bible say that love is the fulfilling of the law? Yeah, yeah. The whole, all the law and the prophets hang on this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So, so really, when it talks about doing the whole law, if you've walked in love, you fulfilled it. You've done it. Amen. Because uh, you don't have to have, you don't have to keep going through the list of Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Walk in love and you're not going to be taking your neighbor's wife. Walk in love, you're not going to be bowing down to the wrong thing. Amen. Well, see, they, had, they couldn't, you couldn't just tell them uh, back in the Old Testament, just walk in love. Because they didn't have what we have. We have the love of God shed abroad in our heart through the spirit he's given us, you see. So you can just tell the Christian, walk in love. Learn to, learn to walk in the law of love. Amen. And the promise is, you'll be free from sickness and disease. Woo, glory. 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 I heard somebody say this many years ago, who knew, somebody who knew Brother Hagen and was around him. And I, th- I want to say they asked him this question. I think they, they asked him, Dad, what do you lean more on? Uh, no, they asked it this way. Dad, it seems to me, from looking at your life, that you lean more on your love walk than your faith walk to stay well. And Brother Hagen said, yep, yep, yep. That's how he'd answer questions. Yep, yep. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, you know, I watched his life. I'd say the same thing. But, but here's the thing. In my life, I, I'd say my love walk has more to do with me being healed and healthy then my faith walk. Yeah, you can't forget about faith. Amen. But you can confess all the healing scriptures all day long and be rude to everybody you know and don't think you're going to, don't think it's going to work. And so for that reason, we put more stock even in love than faith because faith works by, faith works. Everybody say Galatians. Y'all want to do that? Everybody say Galatians. What verse is it in Galatians? Five, chapter 5 or chapter 6? Five. 5. 5 verse 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You should have that marked. You want to mark that in your Bible so that when you're just looking through. You ever look through just at your highlights? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that. why highlight if you don't, right? I just got through reading. I like to, in my devotional time, one of the things I do, and my wife does the same thing, we just read through books of the Bible. We're always reading through books, each one of us. And I recently went through the book of Acts. And, and my Bible, this is a newer Bible, to where every book's not marked up. A lot of them are. But I went through, and I mean, as I'm reading, I'm taking notes in it. And as I'm reading, I'm highlighting the things I don't want to forget, you know. And so, man, just the other day, uh, I, I, I think I was in the hotel room. I just got in the book of Acts and started reading all the highlights. Oh, man. And it only took me, no, I did it at home, I'm sorry. But it only took me about an hour to read all 28 chapters through. If you just read the highlights, it's like reading the cliff notes. Or the summary. Praise the Lord. The love of God. What a key that is. Can you see that we haven't come to a key yet that you can leave off the keychain? Every one of these you need. Every one of these you need. The fourth key that we looked, talked about was the will of God. Particularly this, this aspect of it. If you and I want the perfect will of God, which is health and healing. How many believe that's true? If you and I want the perfect will of God, well, we have to do His will in our lives. You cannot be out of the will of God for your life and have the perfect will of God in your life. Oh, if I could slap truth into people. You don't want to jump out of where God's placed you, you know. 
It ought to be a real, real big thing for somebody to uh, stop going to a church, you know, because they got mad at the pastor. Listen, if you don't get mad at the pastor every once in a while, the pastor's not doing their job. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that because I could prove it with the scripture. The pastor ought to offend you every so often. Hmm? If he's preaching the word. I've had, I've had, I've been in services. We're not exempt from this. I've been in services with people who are over us and they start talking about it and I'm saying, I wish they wouldn't talk about that. I really wish they'd switch subjects. Because now I'm seeing, uh, as they're preaching the word, they're holding the standard up and I'm seeing how, fall, how far short I fell. Now I've got to use my faith. No condemnation. Can't condemn myself. Got to have enough humility to not be offended. And, and take it wrong so I got to receive it and then have faith that I can be it and the person just really they just brought offense to me a stumbling block something that confronted me well that's the job of the minister that's not cause for leaving that's cause for staying You've got to be in the will of God if you want to be healthy. You cannot, oh boy, got to be in the will of God. Praise the Lord. The fifth key we talked about was the Spirit of God. And we remember we brought out two aspects. Number one, you have in, living in you the Holy Spirit. He, he's the indwelling Spirit. And He can impart His life to you while He's in you. But then the other, maybe bigger aspect of it was being led by the Spirit. And really, we, it, it would be perfectly appropriate to, to put another key in that's called the wisdom of God and say you have, to, you have to exercise wisdom if you want to stay healthy. But we covered a lot of that in being led because the Spirit will lead you in line with God's wisdom for your life. You know, how many understand this? I think everybody would agree that there is almost an infinite number of of pills and supplements available. I mean, they have, they, they have vitamin cottage, but they ought to have vitamin castle or, or vitamin country. Because if you fit, I mean, that's just the stuff that's retail on the shelf. That's not all the multi-level stuff that's out there that, that you know, this one sells or this one sells. I mean, there's, how would you know which one to take, if any? And then you got, the, you got the news media reporting one week that they're good for you. And the next week they say they're not good for you. And literally we heard them say that about vitamins. I'm thinking of everybody that owns a general nutrition center or something like that. And now they're all, oh man, there goes business, you know. You got to be led. You got to learn to be led. What do I eat? What do I not eat? Do I rest or do I, or, or do I push through it? I got home yesterday and uh, I, when did I, was it this morning when I woke up or last night when I went to bed when I said, you see this running suit? It's my uniform for tomorrow. Or I don't know if I said it this morning or last night. Uh, the same thing I, I, I wore last night when I got home. I put it on and I spent the day in it today. You might say, why, do you feel bad? No, I just don't want to. And I had an urge, I had an, a prompting to rest. And so it wasn't until right before church that I got all, all good looking like I did, you know what I mean? I spent time on the couch. I got up, took a walk around, you know, on the outside because it was nice weather and all that. And prayed and studied and different stuff like that, but I didn't push. I didn't push today, I chilled today. Amen. And uh, glory to God, it's just wonderful when you obey God in those areas, how infrequently you get walloped with things. Amen. I mean, go year after year. Brother Hagin made a statement. I thought, it, when I first heard it, I thought that's impossible. Because I was dealing with one thing after another in, in my life, you know. And when you, when you, have, the, when you have a pileup of stuff in your body, it, you know, 
the thought of not having any of it can seem impossible. But actually, it's not the least bit hard for God. Amen. Say amen, everybody. It's not the least bit hard for God. So I heard Brother Hagin make, make this statement. He said, I go five to seven years at a time and don't even realize I have a body from the standpoint of any physical problems whatsoever. Five to seven years at a time. What he's doing is looking back and, and just averaging out. And I heard that. And I'm like, well, how? How? Because, you see, I, I went through a, a period really of several years where I didn't have five to seven days without something going on. And, uh, you know, I, was, I would always wish that, that I would just get one touch and be okay. But the Lord uh, gave me the great privilege of pressing into his word. And, and you know what I mean? <laughs> Receiving the way you and I have to receive as believers. Holding on to what he had to say and believing when it looked like it wasn't working. Act like it is working. You know? And you might say, well, when did things turn around? I don't remember. I was, I was occupied with what he said. I didn't understand this the first time I heard. We're talking about healing. All these stories fit. Brother Hagen would tell these stories about people who put the word in, into practice in their lives and got healed of things like diabetes and things that most people would say, well, that's hard to get healed from, as, as though anything's hard for, for God, you know. But uh, they'd get healed from things that the medical community would say absolutely impossible to get healed from. And he'd ask them, well, when did it leave? And they said, honestly... I have no idea. I look back and realize, you know, it's been weeks since I've registered any sugar. It's been a month. Well, I'm thinking, wouldn't you know it the second you had results? If you believe you receive it, if you're focused on the word which says you've got it already, and if you're looking at that, then you're not focused on the natural. You're not focused on the body. Dr. Dufresne used to make a statement that I just love. He said, Christians are way too conscious of their bodies and not nearly conscious enough of his body. We don't want to be so body conscious of our own body that we're not conscious of what he did in his body. Amen. And we have living in us the Spirit of God who will lead us. Amen. He'll lead you to the right doctor. I was with a, I was with a pastor this weekend. Very, very precious people that we ministered for and this is the first opportunity I've ever had to fellowship with them. I knew who they were, but didn't know them well. You know, they asked me to come, and it was great to come. But uh, I, I, I had heard that at one time this man had diabetes. I don't know which type. But uh, you'll know when I tell you what happened because it was tied to his weight. I don't know what type that is. But uh, anyhow, he went to, he was, he was going to doctor locally, and he would tell the doctor, you know, I th- it just seems like I'm taking way too much medications. And he said, I'd always leave with a new prescription. And he said, it's just something on the inside told me that this, this guy's just not the guy. And he said, I found a doctor down in Fort Worth. And I, I guess he's a Christian guy. And uh, my first visit to him, had a physical there. He said, well, well listen, <laughs> medicine or no medicine, you're about 40 pounds the wrong direction. Got to get rid of it, period. He said, so I did. And I went back, and he said, after that visit, he just crossed, he was crossing all sorts of stuff off the list. And see, that's what the Spirit was leading him, that it's not the medicine, the medicine's not the issue. Take care of this other thing. Take care of the weight. And he even led them to the right person that would help. Because how many know sometimes, guys, sometimes we don't hear. (laughs) And that's that's just reason 5,742 to be in church where there's a pastor. <laughs> but then, you know, that's, that's one of the blessings of the medical profession. We're, we're certainly by no means against them, but we are completely against using medicine without having God involved at all. Because that's dumb. That's dumb. You can die doing that. Huh? Go to the doctor with faith. Go to the doctor with the leading of the Spirit. I think I've told you guys the story before. This, this, is, an, this is not a happy story, but there was a, uh, there was a guy just in his 20s played in the orchestra with me out at Rayma. And this guy had uh, a brain, something with his brain either. I think it was a tumor on his brain. And I'm going to know that from the natural, that would be a serious thing. 
And the doctors wanted, I think, I don't think it was even chemo. I think it was just radiation. They wanted to radiate it. Normally, that's, that's not the most dangerous thing in the world. But he just had it so strong in his heart not to do that. But his family would not hear about it. Oh, you went to that faith school. Now you do it. You need to do this. You do it for us. You just got married. You do it for your wife. And he did it and died from it. But I mean, but had it in his heart the whole time. Don't do this. Don't go that course. So you can't really say killed by radiation. You can't really say killed by doctor. You really need to say killed by family. Praise the Lord. So thank God for the Spirit of God who helps us. He will lead anybody who will give him the opportunity. He will lead you into health and healing. The sixth thing that the sixth thing that we spoke of was the peace of God. You cannot have a troubled heart and live in agitation and live in health. Amen. It, it is huge. The Bible talks about anxiety. The Bible talks about worry. Amen. Bible says that he'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. And you might be interested that the word peace, perfect peace, we, we like to point out that in the Hebrew, it's the Greek, it's, in the Hebrew, it's the Greek word. No, in the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word, shalom. I grew up Jewish. I know exactly what shalom means. Shabbat shalom. I mean, we, we use that all the time growing up. It's, it's a broad word. It means a, it's what's used for a greeting. The, what it literally means is peace. And that's how you greet one another, peace. But it has such a huge inclusive definition of nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Wholeness would be a good word. What does shalom mean? Wholeness. Complete wholeness. The mind that is stayed on him will be kept in complete wholeness. Perfect peace. And in the Hebrew, shalom, shalom. Peace, peace. Amen. You'll be kept in perfect, complete wholeness if you learn to live in the peace of God. Well, I took time to review all of those because the, the last key I want to speak to you of tonight, the seventh key. And I know I've taken some time already, but I don't believe that this will take an exceeding long amount of time. This key encompasses all the others. And you'll see what I mean here in a second. The key is this, key number seven, the power of God. The power of God. How many know there'd be no healing without God's power? Amen. But we want to look at one particular aspect of this. I want you to go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. You know, just reviewing's been good. I've enjoyed it. Just like we mentioned grace and faith and how grace would be God's side, faith would be our side. When you talk about the power of God, how many know that there's a sending end and a receiving end of that power? Just like the lights to this building, there's a sending end that's not even here in this building, yet the receiving end is here and, and even, even as close to us as the switch on the wall determines whether power flows or not. Amen. So you might not be surprised when I say I'm not going to talk much about the sending end of the power of God. Amen. And when, when we're talking about the power of God to heal, I, I'm not even so much going to minister to you on the aspect of receiving a touch of God's power when it's ministered to you. Because really we kind of covered that a little bit in the area of faith, you know, talking about that. But there's another side. Uh, there's another aspect of His power to heal working in you that I want to see, Okay. And it's in Acts chapter 1, in the very familiar 8th verse, where Jesus was speaking after his resurrection. And he said, you will receive what? Now, a couple people said it with, you know, what, what uh, guys, kids, what do they call it in English when the word you're speaking sounds like the thing, like the buzz of a bee? What do they call that? Is that automatawata? The other tongues were did you, anybody ever study automatopoeia in onomatopoeia? 
Well, okay, so the great example, uh, what sound does a bee make? Buzz. Well, see, that word sounds just like the thing it describes. See what I'm saying? We, when I tell you to say the word power, when you read the word power, how many know you're supposed to say it with power? Right? You will, so say it with me. You will receive You will receive power. That's how you say it, right? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. And we know this, that this verse is speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? Or being filled with the Spirit. And I want to point this out, that to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with power. Power. Would you look in the second chapter of Acts? Acts chapter 2. Verse 2 says, Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. How many know that's power? Right? And it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. How many know fire without matches, without a propane torch? Huh? Without a blowtorch, fire all by itself is, is power. Power. And so power's uh, running through the house, power's sitting on top of them. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you see that, there is, that the, the infilling of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, is being filled with power? Power. And we don't want to neglect to emphasize that. Over in the sixth chapter, if you flip over to the sixth chapter, talking about keys to divine health, this last key we're talking about here is the power of God, particularly the power of God where being filled with His Spirit is concerned. Now, in the sixth chapter of Acts, in the third verse, it, it says this. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and wisdom, who, who will appoint to this duty. What they were doing, to give you the background here, they were populating the ministry of helps. And the, the, the biggest qualification to help out in the ministry is that you're full of the Spirit. My Lord, if we had to enforce that as a qualification... In most churches, they wouldn't have any help. Amen. But uh, thank God we we hang out in the kind of church where the people not, amen. Not just the pastors are full, but the people are full, and and you know, they're bringing that fullness to their help. But I want you to see this now. Down in the well, uh, let's just keep reading. Verse four says, "We'll devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word." And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and, and of the Holy Spirit. So they found them a spirit-filled guy, didn't they? Right? They found Stephen. Now, verse 8 says, Stephen, full of grace and to be filled with the Spirit is to be filled with power. Power. So here's my question, guys. Would living full of the Spirit, living full of the healer, because the Spirit is the healer, would that affect your physical health? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I would have to say, as much as any one of these other keys, I would attribute my good health to living full of God. huge key but can you also see how this this key living full of God well you're living full of the word you're living full of the spirit so now you what we've said about the Holy Spirit you know this key is gonna is gonna include all the rest of them amen I'd like you to turn to the 12th chapter of Romans Romans 12 Hallelujah, everybody. 
I won't go on too much longer, so don't worry about that. But let's get, let's get the rest of this. Let's finish strong. Now, verse 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Boy, I like that. Do not be slothful in zeal. Now look at this. Be fervent in spirit. Be fervent in spirit. Well, what's something, what does it mean when something's fervent? You know, there's another translation of this that's, that simply says this. Maintain the glow. Maintain the glow. Instead of saying be fervent in spirit, it says maintain the glow. How many know you have to have a glow in order to maintain the glow? You can't maintain the glow when there ain't never been no glow. Hmm? Fervent. Now, the word fervent, it means this, very hot. And, and it has, has the idea of uh, bringing to the boiling point. When you bring something to a boil, how many cooks here know and can testify that you are right on the verge of having it run over the top? Yeah. And if you don't want it to do that, well, you've got to watch that thing when it comes to a boil, right? Listen. That's how you and I are to live. We're to stay so full of God that we're just shy of blowing our top for Him. Amen. Hmm? And you know as well as I do that most people live so full of the flesh that they're just, they're just one offense shy of blowing their top the other way. Come on now. If, like Dad Hagen used to say, if you can't say, oh, amen, say, oh, me. <laughs> or point to somebody and say, oh, you. Don't do that. What is it like? Uh, do, you, do you know what it's like to be full of God? You know, sometimes we have overflow services. I don't mean we call them that, but I mean we come and we just get so full that we overflow. I remember one of the, uh, I don't know that many sitting here tonight were actually here that night, but I remember one service right here on this carpet. I didn't say in the room. I said one service right here in the carpet. We lived on the carpet the whole night. Huh? We got, we got, uh, we boiled over. And it's good to have those services uh, on occasion, at least, so that it, it lets you know, uh, lets you know where you ought to be living. Because you might think you're living full, and you might only be a quarter full. How do you know when you're full? The only way you can tell is when it starts popping out over the top. Amen. And popping out your mouth. Amen. When you can't keep your mouth shut praising God, when you can't keep your mouth shut from quoting scripture, when you can't keep your mouth shut from speaking with other tongues, you're full. You're full. If it's easy for you to be quiet for hours at a time and never even utter a praise you, Father, praise the Lord, you're not full. You're that, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're, that God doesn't love you. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying you're not full. Don't call that full when that's not full. Listen, I can't call it full in my life. I'll tell you, now we've been in uh, a season now for, I would say, for years, at least the last three or four. I'm, I, my, and I'll, I'll let my wife testify here, but I'm living more full now than I did five years ago. And the way I lived five years ago, uh, that, wouldn't get, that wouldn't do me now. I'd be backslidden. Now, I, you know... I, I think I preached fairly well five years ago. You know what I mean? I was, I'm not saying we were empty by any means. But what, what we thought was normal, that's not normal now. But see, now both of us were working in other areas, doing other things. I mean, I had three or four things going on at once. You know? But because of, a dip, because of this different phase for us than what we had five years ago, different anointings, it's not maintained with that same level of fullness for us. And I understand that most of you can't pray in tongues for hours a day while you're at work, or maybe you can under your breath, you know, some. But you can still live full. Amen. What is it like when you live full? What is life like? There's, well, listen now, there's, there's this, there's the level of peace. It exceeds the natural. Hmm? You're not as occupied with the natural. 
Am I right? Come on now. When you're living full, you're not as occupied with the natural. There's a, there's a joy and a lightness. Right? Your mental state is balanced as opposed to wacky. Right? You're not thinking as goofy as you normally do when you're full. Right? Does all of that affect the physical body? My goodness, yes. The, when you are living in the flow of God, it puts your body into a place of optimal efficiency. Amen. Amen. Now, you've heard, you've heard this on TV, I, no doubt. There's always, there's always a good-looking trim guy on there smiling, talking to a crowd of enthusiastic people with a big, uh, they don't call them blackboards, but a big PowerPoint or something behind them, talking about balance. And it almost sounds new age, doesn't it? You know, talking about, well, soon you've got to be balanced. Your thoughts, your mind has to be balanced. And this product here, if you'll take them three times a day, will help you bring you into balance. The reason for all sickness and all disease, my friends, is that you're not balanced. You heard that? They talk about, well, trust me, they talk about balance. And here's the deal. They're right. They're right. You've heard of, well, you've heard of this, chemical imbalance. That's what they're talking about. You have levels of stuff. I don't know what they are, but you have levels in your body that have to be in balance. The power of God, when you're living full of God, His power is continually flowing in you. And that puts everything in balance in your life. Amen. That power will keep you well. It'll keep sickness and disease from even accessing you. I mean, listen, the, the guy I was just talking about, the TV guy, they're doing it with a bunch of, listen, if they weren't selling you something to get you balanced, he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't have the money to be on TV. Right, right. He's on TV because he's selling something to help you do it. Amen. I'm telling you what God's already provided to help you do it. You can buy the pills or you can, or you can buy into the, what we're trying to brainwash you with here. <laughs> That's what people think you're doing here anyhow, getting brainwashed. Y'all just tell your friend, where are you going? I'm going to get brainwashed tonight. <laughs> They're brainwashing us. I just can't wait to get there. The scrubbing bubbles. Glory to God. Amen. You cannot live full of God and live in stress. Amen. If you're living full, I promise you will find yourself free from stress. You will look different. I can, tell, I can tell when a Christian walks in a room if, they've been ba- if they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and are walking in it. I can tell you when they come into the church, are these people spirit-filled or not, when they go like this. When they start squirming during worship, you know. We've had them get up and leave during worship. We've had ushers in the back close enough to them to hear them say, let's get out while we still can. (laughs) And leave. And these were, sometimes these were born again people. And we were not swinging from the chandeliers. We were singing a song. I guess with some enthusiasm that they deemed inappropriate for the worship of God. If you're going to do that, don't put your heart into it. God doesn't like you when you have your heart into it. That's not what my Bible said. <laughs> he don't like it when there is no heart to it. Amen. Listen, we know this. Stress, and I, I want to tell you, if you're not living full of God, you are subject to stress. Stress is one of the biggest causes of poor health there is. Amen. There are very few people who, are, who have learned to live full of the Spirit who have to take things like blood pressure medication. 
Now, there might be other causes, you know, like sometimes your, your weight and different stuff like that. We know that. But I'm just saying, when you learn to live full, you don't have to take blood pressure medication for the reason of, of always being stressed stress out. Because we do know that that contributes major to that. Heart disease. Come on now. Heart, uh, all, all those things that, that come, you know, whether it's heart attacks or strokes and different stuff like that that have to do with that. Stress is a huge factor and there's been times in my life where I've caught myself moving toward you know when you can feel the blood going through your veins something ain't balanced something ain't right I've been there my wife has caught me on the phone with some somebody who's being crooked in business and she sees the, this this uh, vein outside of my of my neck that's not that's not the spirit filled life we're talking about would you go to one more scripture tonight go to proverbs 17 wow i'm so glad i came tonight so thankful for the word thank god that there are keys to divine health I'm not saying that the ones we've taught are all of them, but they're the ones that were on my heart that I felt like we were supposed to minister to you. And do you see how this last one wraps up all the rest of them? It, it just includes all the rest. I'm telling you, one of, the, one of the answers to almost everything, live full. Just live full. Everybody around you appreciate that. We said that when, you're, when you live full, that you have a level of joy that you didn't have before. Well, would that affect your, your body? Look at verse 22. A joyful heart is good medicine. But look at this. But a crushed spirit, you might know, not know what a crushed spirit is, but how many know if it's crushed, it ain't in good shape? Anything less than full is going to put you not in good shape eventually, right? A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Bones, guys, listen, bones, last time I studied anatomy, they were one of the most inner parts of your body. Hmm? Your bones aren't your skin. Your bones are the, everything else is wrapped around your bones. A crushed spirit messes up, messes things up from the inside out. See what we're saying? But a joyful heart, a merry heart, a happy heart, that's good medicine. Would the Bible say that if it, was, if, if it had no truth to it? Would the, word say, would the word say this is good medicine if it wouldn't do for you what medicine would do for you? Huh? Do, do we use medicine for anything except the physical body? Not really. Huh? When you're talking about medicine, you're talking about something for your, for your physical body. My Lord. Talking about being full. Talking about the power of God as a key. Being full of His Spirit is being full of His power. Uh, in you know science they have something called the law of displacement meaning this that if you take two substances in and you have one of them in a container and you start putting the other substance in that container eventually the one you're putting in is going to displace the other one it's going to push out the other one right if you have milk and orange juice and you have a glass that's half full of milk and you pour orange juice in it till the cup's half full. I mean, till the till the glass is full now. Well, you have half milk and half orange juice, right? But if you take that whole gallon of, of OJ and you just keep it there and you keep it, and of course, what's what's happening? It's spilling out, huh? You're going to end up with a glass full of orange juice. And what happened to the milk? It's gone. And when you and I are full of God, it displaces other things. It displaces disease. 
One of the uh, one of the individuals who was over the healing school for Brother Hagen for many years, Brother Keith Moore is his name. Many of you know who he is. He made a statement uh, back then, and I liked it. I'm sure he still says it today because what's true 30 years ago, 20 years ago is true today, right? Uh, he said this, if you take enough of the word long enough, he'll heal you of anything. And that's, a, that's, a, that's an illustration of this law of displacement. If you, if you have stuff wrong in your body and you keep putting word in, word in, word in, Holy Spirit in, Spirit in, just keep getting full of that, it's going to end up pushing out that which you don't want. But listen, you know just as well as I know that most people don't want the healing bad enough to feed on the word like that. I didn't say you, I said most, most people. Very few, very few Christians will ever receive their healing from something major. And it's not because of God. But, but you need to know why, why faith churches are full of people who are chronically ill and stay that way year after year. And I can tell you haven't pastored for, for many, many years. I can tell you the number of people who were healed or were even in position to be healed. I could count it on one hand. And, and I could tell you ahead of time whether they were going to receive or not based on what was coming out of their mouth. I very rarely ever had anybody excited about what the Bible said about their healing. Did we? Now, we had, some, we had, we had people healed all along, but most of it was by gifts of healing. Meaning that we, we, you know, either the gifts of the Spirit or we laid hands, you know what I mean? But, but very few, I'm not talking about people recovering from a cold. I'm talking about people who had, who had some kind of major issue that wasn't going to naturally get better. Now, we did have it, but I'm just saying not nearly as much as we should have. And I, I, I'll tell you, like I said, I could tell you ahead of time, well, I'm just standing and believing for my healing when God gets ready. No, 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 no. If somebody would have come to me ever and said, Pastor, I'm just so thankful that the Bible says that I've been redeemed from every sickness and every disease. And I just thank you for agreeing with me because this thing is done. Now, I, I, we might have saw that two or three times in 12 years, 11 years. Very rarely, very rarely. I mean, we hardly ever, we preached great sermons like, well, we're preaching tonight and hardly had anybody excited about it after, 10 minutes after we were done. <laughs> Ain't nobody, ain't nobody leaving church talking about what was just ministered. And what was just ministered could absolutely change your life. And so I just decided not to be unkind. Y'all can do with it what you want. I'm going to be excited about it. We'll go home and shout about what we, what we preach. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God's made provision for us, for our physical health and well-being. In the Old Testament, he revealed himself as a healer. We have something better. He still is the healer, but he's not just the healer. He's the indweller and the filler. And you can live full of the same power that he would heal you with. That's why we didn't just say keys to divine healing recovering from a, from a bad place, but keys to divine health, maintaining this thing, guys, living in this all the time. And I'll tell you, if you forget every other key, don't forget the, this key. Live full. <laughs> Live full. Because I don't think you'll miss any of the others. Right? What was key number one? The Word of God. Key number two, the faith of God. Key number three, the love of God. Key number four was the will of God. Key number five, the spirit of God. Key number six, the peace of God. And key number seven, the power of God. The power of God. Living full of his power. Amen. You shall receive power when the spirit comes on you. Amen. Well, we'll let you stand up tonight. I think it would be appropriate for... Given what we've received from the word, I think it'd be just appropriate to lift our hands and maybe shout a little bit. Thank God for what he's done for us. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you. We praise you.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for the healer. Thank you for healing and health and life and deliverance and freedom and blessing. And that we're free from sickness and disease. And that we have a healer. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah.